Welcome to Radio Watson, the talk show covering games and games. That's it, just games. We don't cover anything else, just video games. No, we cover games, movies, music, and all things pop culture. And today we are delving into video games and uh, two big topics uh, today. Nintendo Switch Sports has just come out. I'm going to be reviewing that. And we're also going to be talking about the news that's just dropped in the last hour or so uh, or hours or so before recording and that is the embracer group uh acquiring uh square enix's western uh developers and a bunch of ips as well and to join me once again is the acquisition discussion king himself uh joining me once again paul james how are you i'm well yeah if someone buys someone in this business well you call on me and it's good to be back yeah he is Uh, of course paul james uh you came across and did the um playstation's acquisition of bungie episode xbox when they acquired ea and we kind of hypothesized uh, kind activision, of the activision, activision. Don't, yeah. don't that was embargoed mate don't tell him yeah that's right oh my god shit oh the cat's out of the bag now also so, that time um, when playstation bought ubisoft mm, mm. that's that's next week's episode that yeah. uh, people don't know about we banked but, it already uh, we we got the tip off we banked it so like that news is going to drop jason Shry is going to hit like send tweet jason Shry is like, in this chat right now tuning in just keeping an eye out yeah it's going to be like one minute uh, he's going to send the tweet, and then like a one minute after that, our episode's going to drop, and it's going to be like an hour discussion. Like, how did they know? And, you know, they this is the what exact happens. Dollar amount. Yeah, this is what happens when you get uh, the sports almanac instead of like going back in time with the sports almanac and betting on all the sports results and stuff and, and figuring all that stuff out and becoming an instant millionaire. What we did, we got in our DeLorean, we went into the future, and then we came back and recorded podcasts on events that before they happened so we could drop them as they happened and look like just pristine, in control, very organized people. I don't <laughs> even know where to go with that. Good. <laughs> this is what happens when it's live. Um, it becomes more chaos, and uh, instead of just like recording between us two and being very professional, uh, it uh, just me riffing and, and being an idiot like uh, usual. So, um, Paul James, of course, you are from. It's impossible to call you anything other than both names. Do you find that? Do a lot of people call you Paul James or just Paul? Um, yeah, it's usually Paul James or Dickhead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. Yeah, I can't even I'll- think of the last time that. My wife called me Paul this morning. That threw me off. What, well, what does she usually call you? Dickhead or Paul James? <laughs> it's not Paul James. No. <laughs> no um, now I need to think about it. No, it's just, it's usually pet name sort of stuff. Not not by my name or thankfully not Dickhead. Yeah. Very good. No, um, of course, right. My students do call me Dickhead. <laughs> Uh, definitely do. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean, yeah, Dylan also shouting out Padge. Like that's someone used to. You're right. Someone used to call me nothing, but that that is that is a nickname that existed well before video game podcast land, uh, and mm. still kicks on in plenty of circles, including work. Actually, there's plenty of colleagues that call me Padge. Okay, very nice. mostly because Padge rhymes with, and the, the, the jokes are plentiful. Sorry. For the people who don't know what you do, Paul, uh, you write over at Player 2. You've also got a passion project in your own podcast, which is Dev Diary, where you discuss and talk to developers, yeah. um, which is pretty cool. And uh, more recently on Player 2, you wrote the review for Nintendo Switch Sports. Sure did. Uh, and you've titled it Wii Sports 2.0. And uh, that's what we're going to be discussing today, Nintendo Switch Sports uh, impressions and review we're going to jump into that and then we'll get into the uh, embracer group and big acquisition news but you gave it a b 
uh, over at Player Two, of course, on the uh, much more familiar student grading scale, which is kind of fitting given that the um, there's quite a few teachers on on the team. On the team, and but then also in Switch Sports, they do their pro leagues, and then they grade you from going up to. Oh, e we to we planned that out. Again, speaking of getting tip offs, Nintendo told us they were making Nintendo Switch Sports years ago when we decided decided our scoring system. We thought one day yep. when Wii Sports 2.0 comes out, because I even planned that subtitle well in advance. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a letter grade because that's going to sync up with the pro league. Well, once again, you were from the future. You got on the DeLorean. You did that. And with that information, you've used it on this. So, Nothing safe in this business. I know all. Uh, or right. will when I jump so, in the uh, DeLorean. Yeah, Nintendo Switch Sports, Wii Sports 2.0. Before we jump into it, um, what was your impressions on the original Wii uh, sports? And kind of, I guess we're going to talk about comparisons. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of comparisons what, to draw for sure. Yeah. So what was your impressions on normal Wii sports? And then going into that, like, did you have any expectations of what this would be? Did they meet up to it? Um, what was your first impressions of, of Wii Sports? Yeah, so uh, and Wii, Switch Sports. Wii Sports Sorry. back in 2006, 2007. I mean, that was crack for a long time. <laughs> like, I I was getting um, 300 games in bowling all the time. I was, like, anyone who played me in tennis wiped them off the court because you just knew how to serve. Like, I could, it got to the point where I could just place any shot right on the line um, that they just couldn't reach. So, um, and like baseball, I was a little bit mediocre at. Boxing, I don't know, I'm more likely to knock myself out than actually knock the opposition player. But but there was a few that I was, you know, so I had some real pet sports and, and yeah, loved all my time with, with the original Wii Sports. Even Resort, which, I don't know, I guess they were more day-to-day pastimes and hobbies and like i mean it was frisbee but not like ultimate frisbee style really competitive stuff it was like throw it out for your dog and the dog will catch it. like they weren't i guess it wasn't really a Wii sports game at its core at its core there was there was some like quite clearly defined sports but then there are others that absolutely didn't fit the bill didn't make them any less enjoyable but it wasn't quite right so i was really excited when nintendo switch sports was announced because it was kind of getting back to that core i guess um if you can really call it that considering there's been two entries in this thing and they're you know over a decade old but um yeah i'm really really happy with my time that i spent with the game it, it really does get back to that core when you're playing offline um i mean tennis what have we got tennis bowling chambara badminton soccer volleyball um obviously a few few old names a few new uh, new faces in there as well and they all mostly play really well i think soccer is the only one that just feels it's not bad, but it doesn't feel right because, like everything else, it's they're trying to get you to simulate the way. Like when you actually get into it, they want you to actually simulate the way you would play the game itself. And then soccer, with the exception of the the penalty shootout, isn't that. It's more video gamey, for want of a better phrase. You know, here's your two Joy Cons in your hands, and you know, push them forward like this to to head of the ball or what. It like it kind of loses that more natural element now. I've already been told they will be adding that sort of functionality in there with the with the strap, the leg strap, and make it all work um, that way sometime post-launch. I don't know when exactly, but so that that'll be really exciting for those other other modes. But that that for me was the one weakness, simply because what they've even the original Wii Sports they were trying to channel this video game simulation of the real thing, and that sport doesn't have that. Unfortunately, yep. despite the fact that it plays well and it's enjoyable, it it loses that core aspect. I feel. 
Yep. Man, I'm going to like totally flip it 180. Um, I know you like it. Bring it home on Friday. Um, Did a stream. Uh, Played online with Dylan Ash from Explosion Network and also Drew from House of Mario, who will be doing an episode on this this week as well. I'll be on that. Um, Cheap plug. But um, yeah, we (laughs) ran through a bunch of the sports and I got to tell you, the soccer was instantly the most fun. And um, just playing a bit of it offline and running through the the certain sports um nothing i've I, nothing i gra- haven't gravitated towards anything more than the soccer and now that i'm jumping online i'm trying to like go through the ranks and kind of try and get up to the a rank now so i think i'm at like c plus now and kind of fluctuating between doing good and, and going down um but yeah once when you're finding people that are on your team uh and didn't know what they're doing it's uh, it's definitely kind of you know, pass actually using the pass button to each other and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. And, and and Drew and I played the one on one soccer online with the smaller court as well. Yep. and that was p- pretty cool. It kind of really felt like um ch- like a little bit of a chess and, and more strategy to to it. Yeah, okay, and, good. Uh, and Ash and Dylan in the chat, a human Rocket League. It's because it's just Rocket League. They say, and because I love Rocket League. Uh, no, it's it's not that. Okay, people, it's it's a bit different. So good point. There's um, no yeah, my f- battle cars, rocket powered battle cars. It's just rocket powered people. So go rocket powered people. So I am loving the soccer. I think the badminton's really cool. Um, once again, it feels like enough strategy and, and this kind of force wins back and the timing of like the smash shots. I really like the volleyball, although it's become more like getting it, nailing the timing of it. Really feels like more of like quick time events now and just hitting the right shots at the right time so unless you're really uh blocking or actually hitting the, the spike shot um and trying to get through that i feel like it's a little bit yeah, kind of you're right. m- mundane and can, us, yeah. and can be a little bit repetitive um the bowling i thought i'd be just doing nothing but bowling the bowling i still haven't got the timing down pat of what it was on the wii and i'm struggling because of you have to hold the z trigger in the whole time now instead of like a z and then when you release uh yeah in in the wii sports you could you know release and that's when it would release so you could release at your hip and kind of do a slow one or you know, release it high. And I feel like the release point of each one, I haven't kind of nailed what that is yet. So it's really hard to kind of determine how the spin is or, you know, my style of bowling. I used to release at my hip and kind of like a, a quick flick and it would be like a, a slow fastball that would spin hard at, at, at the end. So my whole technique of bowling from Wii Sports has been like thrown completely into disarray and into the bin. And I'm kind of like having to retrain myself with how that works. So Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's those cool intricacies about how our techniques can differ in that sense i mean the original wii sports mine was uh like shift slightly off to the right right of center and then i'd literally get like the whole thing vertical like his hand would just be stuck up in the air holding it couldn't go any higher and then i would basically just like throw it and rip it as hard as i could yeah Um, i was like limited the amount of curve because of the hang time and it would just always consistently go straight on for a strike so i'd be bowling here and then i release me off why don't you i would Uh, yeah, I would be, uh, <laughs> like releasing <laughs> here hard and then stopping and my, and my hand would just stop there like a, like a, a flick of the wrist and that would bang and, and twist in. So that is more like little... what I'm doing now, actually. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing is like the, like, um, with the switch controllers, the joy cons, they're much smaller than what the Wii mode is. So yep. I, I, I would never use the, the hand rope, um, for the, the Wii because I'm an adult I'm not going to throw it into the TV but I feel like now there's been a couple of times where I'm like grasping over the Joy-Con possibly too much 
or yeah, it could slide out like, somewhere. Yeah, slide out. Felt like I could possibly throw it, or just the the size of it makes it a bit weird. Kind of manipulating things when you're trying to do a curveball in soccer or or aiming in any other sports or or the spin in bowling. So I think like it's a, a limitation of the size of the Joy-Con. And I think another another constraint. It's one that I think that rears its head the most in bowling. Actually, is it, I think this like it kind of loses sense of where you're at sometimes like i will go to bowl and it might be a very gentle sort of action and then it just kind of suddenly gets stuck yes um or like i'll release as a part of it like i won't like i'm not testing it i'm genuinely trying to bowl and despite the fact that i'm kind of cocking the wrist so it goes the ball should curve left for some reason it goes right because it's kind of lost sense of of where my hand position actually was and i think that's a tech constraint um, in that particular instance, you're covering a lot of senses. It's a, it's such a small controller that there's a lot that's being obscured and it kind of loses uh, loses its positioning a little bit. Yep. And then the other two, tennis, I feel like there's actually possibly more control um, and more cohesion in what the Wii Sports one is. So uh, that's all right. But um, I never found there to, to be too much legs in playing t- tennis anyway. I guess it's better it's online now. Um, and then the other one that's Chimbara, I don't mind it. Well, that's again a little bit of strategy um, with you know the, kind of the, the swords and the charge swords and everything. I've only like haven't delved too much into it, but I feel if that's the sport that's kind of replacing boxing, I think the rounds are just too quick for it what can end boxing, very fast. Yeah. It can end super quick and um, just having to replay the matches. But I feel like that's kind of been a, a thing of Wii Sports the whole time. The customization. Uh, it's not really there to be able to play longer matches or kind of do whatever you wanted to do. It's always kind of been set short type things, which is perfect for their type of games. So, um, but the thing, yeah, like what Dylan says, I went back and watched how your stream ended the other night with the epic sudden death, which was cool, but that mode is meh. Yeah. So Drew and I, we had like a, a win each and then a draw and then it went into sudden death. And, oh um, yeah. And the, the whole outside lad drops. And, outside lad, yeah. and I didn't know. And I was like, like, like Dylan was saying, I was on stream and I just saw it happen. And, I was, and my face just like, because <laughs> it's basically like maybe two hits and then it's over. Yeah, yeah, and already much. short match can get it like gets infinitely shorter. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So overall, I'm 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 liking it a little bit. I just feel like it it is really missing baseball and boxing. Like baseball, particularly, I I was I'd played a lot um, of multiplayer with other friends and family members, and then boxing just because it was a really good one that you could play on, on your own and kind of play for longer. Yeah. And I feel like there was you know more ducking weaving it made really good use of the motion controllers whereas i don't feel like i'm getting that with the the chimbara so obviously golf is coming um i feel like golf is it's sad that it's not here now because if you're playing this on your own and you're not going to be playing online i feel like golf and bowling were the really two big sports that were like oh i can go after my own high score here yeah whereas everything else i can just play against the ai it's kind of what am i doing here so a bit limited, but uh, something that Jeremy said earlier in the chat, like um, he said, OG Wii Sports was awesome. Switch Sports really should have been a launch title, I must admit. And um, I would have loved Switch Sports to be a launch title, but I have a feeling that it, like they, because they did one two switch, one two switch, as like a as like a pack in like Switch Sports. But I feel like if they did that, maybe it would have like been in, like wrong messaging of like, hey, we're going back to we're continuing with the motion control. Like maybe it was like too far in on that as like a, as a marketing decision. Like we don't want people to, you know, we're we doing the Wii two. again. Cause remember how that worked for the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like one, one, two switch was like the tech demo for the joy cons. And then let's, let's move on kind of on from that with the HD rumble and all those internal features, less so than the kind of 
you know, Wii Sports Motion type stuff. So yeah. maybe it was that decision, or maybe they just had no foresight into that, and you know, maybe they've sold a hundred million unit now units now, and like, you know what? Let's bring out this thing that sold a hundred million units of a console before, and and see if we can get a really good tail on on this being so late into their life cycle. I think that and, there's, and get the there's most a strategy to that for sure. Like, it's definitely going to help prolong the tail of the Switch. Not that the Switch is struggling by any means. I think no in, in a number of regions, it's still number one. But um. Yeah, I mean that's it's going to drop off at some point. There is a there is a saturation point that you'll hit um, where things can only then start to go downhill from there, and they're probably not that far away from it. But this will help, and mm. uh, the attach rate is going to be crazy. It's obviously not going to be as high as like you can't possibly follow up Wii Sports there in that sense because it was obviously a pack-in game uh, from from the get-go. So that their eighty million sales. Won't ever be matched, but um, no, it is a yeah. Strategically, it's a very good decision, and look, it is still a very enjoyable game. And the online does add, like, especially the fact that there are some diverse options gameplay wise when you get to the the online is cool. Um, even the st- scoring structures of certain games, you know, tennis doesn't become about sets anymore. It's just a first to seven best, no, first to se- first to seven. Um, uh, bowling. I mean, it's still obviously the core experience, but it's suddenly a knockout. Like it's it's almost bowling battle royale to an extent, um, but you've got your four waves there that people like that people are getting knocked out if you're not in the top five at this point gone if you're not in the top three gone, then duke it out for the for the victory at the end. That's all. Like there, there's some really cool additions there. The uh, customization elements that's fine. Like um, I like the asking what they're asking of you is not too significant mm. um you got to get like a hundred credits essentially to to kind of quote unquote level up to unlock a new thing which is randomly assigned and you can do that in a single bowling game if you make it to the final round um so you could you can really you can really knock out um those those collectibles as they come through fairly quickly and fairly easily which is good um it's it's quite generous in that sense but the downside is that once you do what are you going to do for the remainder of the i don't know i think it's in one, in, there's the base. What they've currently got available is the, like the basic gear set, which is about well, when it first launched, it was 14 days, um, and the other one, which was 21. So, like, if you're really committed to it, especially if you go, oh, bowling's the way that I'm going to get the majority of my points, because yeah, you can you can unlock one with every single round, uh, attempt at bowling if that's the path you want to go down, <laughs> um, or if that's just the sport that you really love, then you're going to unlock all that stuff really quickly, and then. In that, like in that collectibles or sense or the cosmetic sense, you've got nothing less to, left to do. It's it's just you and the pro league, which is fine. Like the competitive stuff is cool. Um, I like the the matchmaking that they've got through that system, but your pool of options diminishes. You've got nothing else. Yeah, to chase. well, well, I've actually um, got everything at the moment just from playing um, soccer online. So I've completed all the things with fifteen days ago. So every, all my progress now is just towards getting towards pro. So I've collected everything in those two packs, which is fine. It just means I have to wait to get anything collectible yeah. outside of that. But it's just frustrating that there's no overall kind of collectibles. So I'm going to just go at my own pace and then kind of unlock everything. Um, the other frustration is that you can't unlock any of this kind of stuff offline yeah. or even when you're playing with friends. So even when you're playing offline in the, the original Wii Sports, you had the little chart at the end of your whatever you did bowling whatever and you'd kind of 
get points, experience points, and you get towards the 1,000 experience points line, and then you become pro in that sport. And depending on if you're pro, like if you have a good round or not, you might lose points and you can go under pro. And of course, when you're doing bowling, you get the star ball, star ball when you go pro, um, and then other things you kind of get that. So it's kind of the offline progression is not really existing yeah non-existent at all which is a frustration but then it's really cool that we can actually play wii sports online against others and that's probably what i'll be doing predominantly anyway and it's a cool feature that you can play split screen online in the same room as well so if you have someone else in the same house you can play uh, online anyway so two of you can play at the same time but um it is a frustration and i can see why some people would be frustrated with that but i probably now that it's online, I think I'm just going to play online against others the whole time. Yeah, and of, like, so you're, messing around with the you're AI hollow. too much. Like that online experience is mostly fantastic. And <clears> so, I mean, this is now me getting into the weeds and the the behind the scenes sort of stuff. But it was baffling that leading into the review embargo last week, the online was disabled. Like mm. that is su- it's such a massive part of the conversation around this game because it's really the the key. I mean, yes, there's a few different sports, but it's the real key point of difference here and reviewers couldn't access it and so i mean i'd kind of vented my spleen privately beforehand about any reviews that dropped at the embargo that kind of rendered a a definitive verdict and i was pleased to see thankfully that a lot of outlets i'd say the majority in terms of those that had kind of accreditation on the metacritics and the like were refraining from dropping scores because it is such an important part to this to this particular title um that just wasn't there and it was really confusing by nintendo I don't want to mm. weed to, uh, you know focus too much now on the review side of it, but it was just it was a weird decision. Like if you're asking people to critique this thing, and it is really one of the main points of difference. It was weird that it was disabled, um, whatever their reasons might be, good, bad, or otherwise. Because um, yeah, once once those floodgates opened, like the you know there was reviews in progress. I posted a review in progress and said I'll I'll get back to you with the online, and then the online unlocked the next day. And I dived into it and just had such a great time, the, the, the sort of experiences that you're sharing now. Mm. And I just thought, oh, I could have been so much more high on this thing at the time had I only just gotten access. Yes, yeah, for sure. So, Instead, I kind yeah. of felt like it meandered a little bit because I was, I was limited. I was like, okay, this, this is just Wii Sports from 2006. Yeah, you'd feel like there's like a lot more progression um, from, a, from a game that's like over 10 plus years old yeah. instead of like taking features out like baseball and boxing and stuff like that and then and bringing golf back in later so it is a little bit frustrating but then for all the things that i can nitpick at it i'm like well hang on these are all the things that i was nitpicking with wii sports but if anything that's probably like a top 10 game of all time for me just based on experience so um coming from it from one angle from like being critical and and having to review it and look at its pros and cons i think it's easily to like line up so many cons but then f- from the other end of the spectrum, it's like how much fun and what are your experiences <laughs> with it and what's what do you remember from it? So for all its downfalls, you know, I was playing it till 4 a.m. the other day, just playing soccer. I think I played it from like 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, look, the so, game is fantastic. I don't I don't want yeah. anyone to lose sight of that. Like, I, I mean, I gave it a B, which is still a very good score on, on the thing. Like, the, the, I think very highly of it and I'm going to spend a lot of time with it still. It's just one of those strange, strange weird Nintendo decisions. Mm, absolutely but um if they can support this and like they're going to do with um bringing golf later on as a free update and then possibly bringing in more sports and making this a platform um then i think that's pretty cool it's just it is a great opportunity in that sense no i'd agree maybe they just brought it out 
super quick because they didn't have anything this year based on delays and stuff. And maybe they just want to get it out and then know that they're going to support it later on anyway. So maybe that was, maybe they could have released it next year and it could have been this more complete package that we're all raving and ranting about, but maybe they always had that intention of like, maybe Nintendo's focus has changed now that they have the Switch Online service, the season passes. Yeah, like Jeremy's saying, season pass makes sense. So um, maybe they don't really care about that anymore. Like, let's just drop it now. People will enjoy it and we'll just keep supporting it and add it and this game will build over time. So. Yeah, I mean, it'll give the game a tail and again, like, you know, in terms of sales, maybe the people go, oh, but it doesn't have my favourite sport. And then they suddenly go, but now baseball's here. They go, all right, sweet, I'm in. Yeah. You know, it, 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 there is there's strategy to it um, that I can appreciate. It's, I think like any business decision, it's where is the sweet spot there between your business strategy and making sure that you are thinking about the consumer and what the consumer actually wants. And, well, I, I guess it's probably too early to really make a, a judgment call on that. It depends on how they play things out from here. Yes, we know about golf. But where do things progress from there? Two ninety nine loot boxes. Yeah, Dylan's chat says two dollar ninety nine loot boxes, mate. I don't think so. I won't be paying for no loot boxes. Cosmetics, get out of here. I've already unlocked all the just, cosmetics. So. Just you wait until NFTs come to Nintendo Switch Sports. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the Mario Rabbids two game. Oh. Back to uh, Square Enix, and uh, of course, speaking of Squ- nah, no, nah, I won't do that segue. That was terrible. Because I wanted to say that you gave it, uh, you guys over you, yourself yep. at player two, you gave it a B. Uh, I'm probably sitting at like an eight out of ten at the moment, and that's probably like super liberal with all the things that I could like totally just trash it and nitpick it from. Oh look, we're still uh, in the just... similar ballpark then. The B equals a seven point five on the Metacritic scale for us. Yeah, so. yeah, and then you know. Maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit more conservative where I'm just like, this is all I've been playing. I finally brought a game on Switch and dusted off my Switch. So who knows? Now, we'd only originally planned to come on here and talk to 30 to 40 minutes, uh, which is kind of where we're at at the moment, uh, about Nintendo Switch Sports and our review and, and impressions then. of that. And then uh, some big news happened, Paul. And that was big. that big news was the Embracer Group. Uh, set to acquire Square Enix, all their Western studios, and uh, uh, a lot of their IP. So, um, yeah, tell us more about it. I'll read a little bit from the Embracer Group's <laughs> press release. Not the Square Enix one. We'll save We'll save that juicy morsel for, for shortly. Embracer Group has entered an, an agreement to acquire the development studios Crystal Dynamics, Idos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and a catalogue of IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane. God bless. And more than 50 back catalogue games from Square Enix Holdings Co. LTD. In total, the acquisition includes 1,100 employees across three studios and eight global locations. The total purchase price amounts to US $300 million on a cash and debt-free basis. Can you imagine just having $300 million in cash? Just go, here you go. Take this, champ. Off you run. <laughs> um, embracers secured additional long-term debt funding commitments, blah, 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 blah financial talk. Um... The, uh, the transaction is subject to various regulatory and external approvals, but let's be real, if Activision's going to get through with Microsoft, then this will get through. Um, and he's expected to close during the second quarter of Embrace's financial year, which is July to September this year. So I guess unlike Activision, at least this one's going to happen nice and snappy. Um, yeah. And there was a stream which has now gone live where they kind of highlight a few few key aspects about it or what some of their intentions are. And I, I caught a tiny little bit of it. They had the likes of Scott Amos from Crystal Dynamics and others um, pop in to talk about their studios and what's kind of going on. But of course, we'll wait and see. 
Yeah. Uh, so for anyone who wants some context, Embracer Group, they are a Swedish video game holding company. And uh, as of 2021, they own more than 76 internal studios in over 46, uh, 45 countries in Europe and Americas. Uh, its subsidiaries are organized under 10 groups, which is Amplifier, uh, Asmodi, Coffee Stain, Dark Horse Media, D... <laughs> DCA Games, Easy Brain, Gearbox, uh, Coach Media, Saber Interactive, and THQ Nordic. And you can now um, add these studios to that mix. That's right. And it seems to be, uh, just looking at their acquisition history uh, from 2017 is kind of where they kick it off. Uh, early 2018, they get Coach Media. Um, yeah, they, they, started, slowly... they started by picking up all the... Like the they they picked up all the old THQ stuff that died in the fire sale all those years ago, and they've just been bit by bit chipping away. And now, like they, yeah, you're right. They took Coke Media. They got the likes of Volition. Um, they've created some other companies under the umbrella as well. Um, so there's a game called Dolmen that comes out this month. Um, that is under their Prime Matter label. And then there's yeah all these other acquisitions and stuff like today as well. So they've slowly, over the last five years, kind of... They are the biggest publisher in the business. Collecting... Unbelievably. Infinity Stones of the video game world to put into their uh, Infinity Gorn. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Who are they going to Thanos snap out of existence? Well, I hope not... uh... (laughs) Bobby Kotick. They're just like... That's the the only person they do. Suck shit, Bobby. Um, now Jeremy references it in the in the chat there that he says that's not really a much for an acquisition and it is a really strange one financially and we'll obviously deal, talk about Square Enix and and what that means for them shortly but yeah three hundred million dollars US when you think about Insomniac going and this was before the buying spree Insomniac went for two hundred and sorry someone in the chat clarified the exact number but it was two hundred and something million dollars um, now. Insomniac, I would argue, are a better team than anyone being acquired here. And I don't think too many would necessarily disagree with me there. But these are still some excellent studios. And they're getting Tomb Raider. They're getting Legacy of Kane. They're getting Thief. They're getting Deus Ex. Like, they're getting a ton of IP as well, which is something that Sony didn't get when they picked up Insomniac because they already owned the IP, with the exception of, like, Sunset Overdrive and the the acclaimed Fuse. Um like the, they they didn't really get anything outside of the talent, which obviously is massive. Mm. And look what Insomniac's done for them since. But they've paid a little bit more to get shit tons more. Um, in terms of like number of people, number of studios, number of IP. There's fifty IP, fifty plus IP, and obviously many of which haven't been confirmed yet. I'm waiting for Dylan in the chat to start referencing Gex again. He hasn't. Um, he did send a, an article beforehand for, from Shockers that highlights some IP. I think he got a little bit carried away because Tomb Raider confirmed, Deus Ex confirmed, Legacy of Kane confirmed, Thief confirmed, and then a whole bunch of others. This includes Gex that says not confirmed, <laughs> but that was enough for him. It's all right, mate. Just, just looking at Insomniac, <laughs> yeah. like 200, 229 million. There we go. Versus the 300 million for the Square Enix. Like, God, Insomniac was such a steal based on kind of all the acquisitions that kind of rolled out since and it's kind of come this content and content war and arms race really to yeah. to snap people up and, and have ownership of that. So um, 300 million for this doesn't feel like a, a lot. Yeah, it feels Gex like is, even more of a steal despite it being more money in a weird way Dylan's, because the, Dylan the, the value is Gex changed. is worth more than 300 million alone. <laughs> 30 mil. <laughs> but that's, no, 30 mil, 30 um, mil, sorry. Yeah, I mean like that that is a that is a weird thing like the value of a game developer 
has changed significantly in the last few years. And I mean, what, what you're getting by picking up, say, Crystal Dynamics, for example, is a partnership currently with Microsoft on Perfect Dark. So there's a big financial party invested there already that that's no longer money going to Screenix. That's going to Embracer um, you know, as, as it gets paid out for work done. Like there's, and there's going to be other um, holes in the fire as well that are, they're all bubbling along. And again, you add this to all the other IP and the, the stuff that they've been remastering, which is you know free money for the most part. You're starting to get new um, new titles coming out. We've got Saints Row coming out from Volition soon. Like they're they're going to start steamrolling through very soon. Like they they are a very small publisher right now in terms of um, optics. Like a lot of people, and mm. you you even before the recording were like. Can you tell me a bit more about Embracer? Like you, you didn't know a huge amount by your own admission, but yeah. like I think the industry needs to sit up and pay attention. Ignoring the fact that obviously they've just picked up some of the most acclaimed IP in the world, anyway. Um, you're going to start seeing uh, like Embracer titles popping up really soon, and people may not <clears throat> people may not realize it because they'll be from all these different labels. Yep. Like they've acquired Gearbox, but so far Gearbox stuff has still been in the Borderlands universe, which is still tied to 2K. So you don't kind of associate Gearbox with them yet, but you will at some point, whatever it is that they do. So it's it's an interesting sort of dynamic there. And then there's the Square Enix side of things, which is... <laughs> yeah, well, so does this just... Are they, they just like fade off into the background here, Embracer, and just, you know, kind of let these studios do what they do and kind of just kind of cash the check at the end as like kind of this like kind of behind the scenes owner just as as an investment get the just get get their return and and organize it that way or like how much influence would they have over you know what's getting developed or um since they've got so many so many partners or it's the subsidiaries that that are all there like obviously they're owners but is there kind of a little bit of like leeway and a little bit more rope that some of these people are giving because they've got so many fingers and so many pies? Well, I mean, one thing that's been good so far, I don't know where they're getting all this money from because again, again, like they're just buying studios and they're still not like the games haven't really started to come piling in yet. But um, I guess one of the things that's kind of interesting in that sense is that they they are throwing money around into a lot of their studios and many of them are obviously far smaller in scale, but they're basically giving them a license to make what they want. Um, mm. or they're throwing money to to make things happen, to bring back old IP. And there are some really interesting old IP that are kind of resurfacing under the Embracer banner right now. So it makes me hopeful that, you know, when they reference something like Legacy of Kane, for example, inside their press release, like that is a very on-the-nose thing. Like you're not going to toss out a, an IP that hasn't seen any love in decades and list that alongside Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Thief that have all seen one at least one game inside of the last console generation. You don't throw that out there if you don't have some sort of intent. And, I mean, I'm, we both know pe- plenty of people on the internet. I'm a bit of a uh, Legacy of Kane stand, and there's plenty of others out there as well <laughs> that they have a lot of love for that IP, and I'm sure are very, very excited about the prospects with this. So there's, I think there's a good opportunity here for these teams to get further investing so that they can grow a little bit more, throw a bit of money at an IP that maybe Square Enix wouldn't have allowed them to do because they needed the safe bet that they were still inevitably unhappy with because it didn't make enough money. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for these shoes. I think it bodes quite well for them, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so too. It's so weird to like hear an acquisition like this and for that amount of money and it not be Sony or Microsoft kind of with their previous in- intentions. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering 
how much knowledge they kind of knew of this. Like, if you're Square Enix, like it just feels like that. It was like the first per- first buyer that came through. It was just instantly. All right, cool. We just want to get rid of this. We don't care. We about, want the money. Like, we want the money. We're over this. We're done supporting Western our Western studios. We just want to keep making like JRPGs and obscure shit. Now they're not a hundred percent investing into NFTs and blockchain. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we may as well jump across this because it's kind of <laughs> your thing uh, touches on actually a couple aspects there, not just the trigger word of blockchain. So um, Square Enix put out a press release uh, from Yusuke Masuda, who's the president of Square Enix. Um, the kind of it, this is far more high, you know, buttoned up um, <laughs> sort of language here that they're talking about. Um, Screenix Holdings today signed a share transfer agreement with Sweden-based Embracer Group concerning the divestiture of selected overseas studios. Blah blah blah. blah. The company's primary assets to be divested in uh, groups and subsidiaries like or such as Crystal Dynamics, Idos Interactive, and IP such as Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, and Legacy of Kane. Again, Legacy of Kane referenced. Anyway, uh, the purpose. Skipping down a little bit, purpose of transaction, and this is yeah one of the one of the trigger purpose words is going to come money. up. Money, yeah. There's a there's a bit of that. What are they doing with the money? Well, the transaction will assist the company in adapting to the changes underway in the global business environment by in establishing a more efficient allocation of resources, which will enhance corporate value by accelerating growth in the company's core businesses in the digital entertainment domain. Wank. Anyway. In addition, the transaction enables the launch of new businesses by moving forward with investments in fields including fucking blockchain. They, the word fucking's in there. AI and the cloud. <laughs> um, the move is based on the policy of business structure optimization that the company set forth under the medium-term business strategy unveiled on May 13, 2021. Blockchain, fuck them. Um, the transaction will provide an opportunity to better align ourselves uh, publishing function with uh with our organization tokyo revisit the current governance structure and blah, blah, blah yeah a bit more wank going forward the company's development function will compromise its studios in japan square enix external studios and the square enix collective the company's overseas studios will continue to publish franchises such as just cause outriders and life is strange so they haven't completely abandoned western developed games yep which is good I, I'm, I'm so yeah. glad that like kind of life is strange is in that list and it's not like could be just sold off and 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 just seen as like a number in the um on a, on a bank yeah. you know on a transaction. I'm sure that Embracer aren't that dumb. Like they see things and they know the value of certain IPs and, and studios. That's kind of why they're going after them. But at the end of the day, it's just like a new boss that comes in. You like you don't know how valuable something is. Maybe you just hear the, coming in and you new management and you wanting to make changes for the sake of changes. And you're just like, yeah, life is strange. Like yeah, that's the type of thing that you know we, we maybe it took us five million to make and we only made six or seven million like yeah it's not worth it just to make two million we could be putting our resources somewhere else and you know making something bigger and instead of like it's still made a profit but it's not enough profit so it's depending on what their investment goals are and return of investment is let's i always get worried about that kind of thing but if life is strange is still there maybe they're gonna you know they square enix does see value in it and, and has it is a high performer so yeah i think for those three franchises just cause outriders and life is strange the roi <laughs> is pretty decent on them they cost them less. They don't. They don't make as much money as a Tomb Raider, but they also cost a lot less to make. Um, and you think about it, Just Cause has like had four entries already, so it's got brand value there. Is that too? Outsiders as is like a is it a game to service type thing online? So um, yeah, and it's got an expansion to, coming out next month too. Yep. So there's potential to like keep making money off that same game anyway. So and Life is Strange again. I think pretty small cost to make. Like not. Yep. 
and this sorry for both all three franchises that's not me trying to disparage them anyway but the the cost of trying to make a title in that franchise is very different to what crystal dynamics is going to be willing to spend on a tomb raider game because there's a certain yeah. prestige that comes with a tomb raider game um there's a certain investment from them that they want to put in that square Enix was stumping the bill for and so yep. While I still think Square Enix was ridiculous in a lot of their language that they've been using over the years about how you know it didn't make enough money, we're unhappy with this and this and, that, and the, you know the game selling ten million copies or whatever, um, I think that's more reflective of some Square Enix actions as opposed to anything that Crystal did. But we'll wait and see mm. because you know new new per- uh, new co- new company funding all their titles going forward, maybe they end up having the same problems over there. Maybe Tomb Raider isn't as profitable either, and that's reflective of a problem for all. For all I know, we'll wait and see. Yep. Overall, do you think this is a good thing, a bad thing, a neutral thing, who cares thing? I mean, it's a steal for uh, for Embracer Group. Like again, yeah, we're yep. going back to the the dollars and cents. Like that is that is an absolute steal to get some of the most talented developers out in in the Western scene. Like, I mean, all these conversations about Western developers and publishers and acquisitions. I don't think anyone had really started talking too much about a developer being pulled out from another publisher. Yep. And this, I mean, God help us with all the conversations about more acquisitions going forward because now people have gone, okay, well, you know, when it comes to developers, there's really only Kojima Productions and Remedy and this and that and the actual ones that we considered independent. But this has now shown that even if you were owned by a publisher, someone could come along and yank you out of there, um, yep. which really kind of changes the landscape of that a little bit. And I think to your point before about Sony and Xbox and those and maybe they never found themselves in conversations. Maybe Square Enix was just, yeah, okay, fine. There's someone that's willing to pay the money. Off we go. But now these other publishers that are looking to scoop up developers might be looking around going, maybe we can tap such and such on the shoulder. And we don't want the whole, we don't want the kitchen sink, but can we take this company out? Mm. Um, uh, Drew, Drew says in the chat, hope Tomb Raider gets looked after over there. I hope that too. Oh. Uh, Jeremy also says, stoked that Remedy is making Max Payne, by the way. Yeah, how great so. That'd be pretty cool. Um, the one, my one kind of theory, or maybe um, I don't know. This is something that I just kind of thought about. Is like with this purchase, they get like kind of the back catalog of Tomb Raider games, right? Like the licensing out for them. Yeah. So all new sales. So now with Game Pass being as big as it is, and now like Sony pushing forward with their plan of PlayStation Plus, Plus Essential, and Deluxe, and whatever the hell it is, five fucking tiers um, equivalent. Is it good? Is it, you know, a lot of these other companies just acquiring licenses so that they can on sell them to a Microsoft, to a PlayStation and go, hey, give us X amount of money. We want to put our games or our, you know, kind of, we want to put Legacy of Kane, we want to put Tomb Raider and Deus Ex on your platform. Uh, now we're making deals with you where you give us money. So it's almost this kind of situation where, you know, say we have a, a Netflix and fucking Amazon Prime or something which is kind of yeah. Sony and Microsoft and now everyone else is buying up selling themselves everything else so they can on sell them to the streaming services so they can have the content yeah uh, I mean it's, of, it's an interesting model that is starting to potentially form and then you do still have the uh, even though some of them have kind of already partnered up with Xbox you do see what EA Play does and you've got the Ubisoft I've forgotten the name of the Ubisoft one but um, the Ubisoft one that was announced a week before they announced that they were buying Activision. Like, let's get this small fry thing out there. Hey, Ubisoft, here's your money. You're, you're all happy. Hey, we just bought a bigger publisher than you. Suck shit. 
Um, and I think that's a lot of it too, like make our own platform like EA did and then like then make the deal with Microsoft. So potentially hoard content or have your own um, content that you own and you're in control of and then not just license that out, but maybe license out your whole entire platform yeah. while still having EA play uh, whatever it is as its own thing that people can subscribe to, but then have it back-ended into Game Pass as a part of a kind of uh, some kind of deal. So you can kind of double dip there or... Yeah, absolutely. Um, add value so it's interesting it uh, just continues to be the content war and the decentralization of content as everyone tries to make their own service or have their own type thing so yeah uh ubi don't care that's right here's the future what is this am i going to click on this link and get cancer dylan um is that, is that how that works <laughs> virtue one game and stream anywhere anytime the future the future is now yeah, I don't know we'll what check, this we'll is. We'll check that out later. Um, <laughs> Virtue One XR glasses. Oh my god! I don't. Oh, actually, I saw these earlier today. People were like, oh, I can stream my. Yeah, I did see this this morning. Actually, the um, like people could stream their PS Five via five G to these to these glasses, and then you know play it from from there. It was kind of cool, but probably won't work. Listen, if anyone's walking down the street with these glasses on, watching us idiots talk on Twitch and gets hit by a car. Just have to say it right now. We're not liable. We're not liable. We don't have any control over this. But uh, we made yeah, the show. This is not our platform. That's right. Yeah, that's the, that's disgusting. So interesting times to come. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the all the IP that it is, and it'll also interesting to see what Square Enix do when they double down and, and whether they kind of you know because they've got like what your Final Fantasies, your uh, like a trophy hunt on the beach, or looking like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they still have all their Japanese damn. I have to IP, pick one up. The, um, the Final Fantasies, the Dragon Quests. You've obviously like yep. even from the latest state of play, we saw that there's new IP that they've got going there. Valkyrie profiles coming back, um, which obviously they're not necessarily a big one, but like they're they're investing big in their their Japanese developers and some of, and some of their older IP at the moment. You also get some flops like what we saw from Platinum recently. Um, the less we speak about that, the better, because one of the two players out there might jump into the chat and start screaming at us for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like they 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 are doubling down on their their internal or their, their Japanese developers, which is good in that sense. But again, when they're citing in their press release blockchain, you start to lose my faith a little bit. Hundred mm, percent. So, yeah, weird times. All right, that's it. I think uh, I think we've wrapped it up. We have. How about that? Under an hour. That's that's. Mm. So you think we can drag out? Nah, we're not going to I don't podcast out. that briefly. What are we doing here? We need to talk about yeah, 40 minutes. Yeah, this, this is terrible. I need to a donut box if anyone saw four of the players recently. Do you, I was just going to say, do you have more donuts there? Um, no, I still have the box from last week, which is starting to look a little little dicey. Crusty. Yeah. It's not good. I need to get me some of them PlayStation donuts. You do. Also. I went and got some more on the weekend. Reward the kids. They yeah, didn't, they didn't make it nice. home. Yes. Reward the kids. Very nice. One box for you and uh, one box for me. Yeah, Dylan said. Dylan said, "Throw that out, you fucking animal." <laughs> I just this is a it's shed. a collector's item, Dylan. He's gonna sell. He's gonna sell it on eBay in like five years for I don't know six hundred dollars and trade it in to get a PS six or something. Yeah, that'll do. PS five Pro. I can get around that. So it's a limited edition. Let me do it. Yeah, I want to see your unboxing, Dylan, where you eat the donuts and like set them on fire and jump off your car and stamp stamp them. You don't even <laughs> eat the box. You don't even eat them. You just like stamp the donuts. You can't even eat them, right? I actually do want to see that. <laughs> content I feel like 
I feel like I could email. I want to Uber Eats unit these uh, donuts now to make that happen. Do it during daylight content. hours. He needs he needs time to prepare as well. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Thanks to everyone in the chat that has jumped along live. Uh, thanks to everyone that's listening uh, on the audio podcast and everyone on the VOD via Twitch or via YouTube. Uh, Paul James, where can everyone find you and your awesome stuff? Paul James Games on Twitter. Make sure to visit the website player2.net.au and then my baby on podcast feeds, Dev Dory. Um, at this particular point in time, I don't have a guest lined up yet for an episode going live on Thursday. So if you happen to be by some chance a game developer, please come on the show. I'm getting desperate. I need something for Thursday. It's been a <laughs> it's been a messy time lately with uh, my wife ha- having some health issues and that sort of stuff. So I found myself a bit behind, and she's the health is finally good, so I can kind of start getting back into the full swing of things. I just need to get over this Thursday. Says so please that that sounded very desperate. It's because it is. Get on my show, damn it. Yep. But yeah. Paul James Games on Twitter. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Buddy Watson12, the podcast at Radio Watson something underscore i think it's at twitter <laughs> i don't know uh the podcast is live on apple Podcasts, <laughs> spotify and uh you can catch the vod's live on uh on twitch or not live on twitch VOD's radio on what's twitch an underscore the job there you go uh i'm a prof- i'm a professional baby yeah professional look at this fucking professional okay you got that professional um all right let's stop being an idiot see i only be an idiot when like we do live things and have hot takes and do all the the crazy stuff so i feel like i've i've i'm a gremlin that's like you've been exposed to water or i've eaten after midnight and you've taken off uh, now now doing it live so maybe that's what happens on a podcast with clothes on oh there we go so. drew's gonna help out he says he's gonna make something in unity and guest on the show mate cook up yes. whatever you like go go for your life and uh i'll ask you so you've been working on video games for 30 minutes what's it been like <laughs> tell me about your career so far what are your aspirations <laughs> well, Hopes, it's terrible. It's 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 terrible, mate. I'm, I'm quitting. Uh, I had this awesome concept, and uh, yeah, it's it's done now. It's this fan fiction with Bowsette, and um, yeah, it was it's, going it's, really it's well. And then Embracer Group came along and bought me. <laughs> and now they're putting it. Now they're putting my game on Game Pass. So. <laughs> uh, very nice. Uh, thanks once again to everyone that listened, and uh, until next time, on behalf of Paul James, myself, Buddy Watson, this is Radio Watson. Out.